Hey, this is Kevin O'Connor on today's episode of The Mismatch with me and Chris Vernon. We talked about a whole bunch from Thursday's games with the Suns having a big win over the Warriors, the Rockets having the number two defense in the NBA ever since the James Harden trade. And then with all the news of the week with the stock market and cryptocurrency, Chris shared some NBA player stocks that he's holding on to and said, hey, Kevin, want to buy low with me or are you out? All that coming up next. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Nissan. It's time to start getting excited about the journey and not the destination with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Built to navigate you to some of Earth's most inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Barney. Joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin O'Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> Shout out to Mina Kimes. Kevin! What up? How you what doing? What a fun week. We oh, all boy. became <laughs> professional investors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew? It was one of the oh, things boy. during the quarantine that I did not expect, that we would all become... <laughs> Wall Street magnets. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. To, the weirdest thing to see everybody tweeting about the stock market this week. It's wild. It's unbelievable. It's How, wild. And when it opens, everybody's like on their phones, like looking to see what the numbers are. Yeah. All of a sudden, there is a there's a greater interest in Wall Street's thanks to Wall Street bets and the guys over at Reddit than ever before. And, and it crypto does feel, too. Cryptocurrency yeah, no. as well. We got Dogecoin going up nearing a dollar. I it's know. going to the moon, Chris. It's, it's going, going to the to moon. The moon. Dogecoin. <laughs> and now, coin for anybody who wants to check it out. <laughs> it is it is crazy what has happened with all of this. And it does feel, you know, we're going to get into all, all things basketball, but it does feel like the financial system we have is going to change forever because of what has taken place now. And we've talked about so many things that, you know, people have time on their hands and they have things that... Uh, they are eager to invest their time, their money, their energy towards things now, given the state of not being able to go out and do and live your normal life uh, as usual. And I do think that whether it was, you know, we talked about NBA Top Shot a few weeks ago and we saw that thing explode. We've seen the sports card market explode. We have seen and now with all uh, stocks and the world of stocks and, and, the, and the Wall Street stuff, it is it's crazy because 
all of the things that have taken place over the course of the last year are things I would have never particularly expected, but it has, uh, it has helped make things exciting. There's no way around that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. People, people, uh, it's been cool to read some of the stories of people who like bought GameStop, GameStop, yep. GameStop stock. And, and they've been able to like pay off medical bills or, yep. or, you know, you know, put it invested into like, you know, college fund or whatever. And, you know, it, it's, it's sad to see what happened yesterday, you know, with stuff getting shut down shows that the man wants to keep you down. That's the yep. true enemy. That's the true enemy. They don't want you to win. They don't want us to win. They don't want us to win. They want us to keep losing, and they want to only win. They're the enemy here, and ultimately, it's cool to see real, normal people winning this week and being able to take home some of the reward, but ultimately, stuff to be careful out there as well, considering the amount of power Wall Street and um, these corporations and everything, all the, the rich and powerful have on our society, still need to be careful out there with your own money. Like, like, you know, I just want to, I just want to say that, like, you know, sometimes people like invest their last paycheck stuff to be very careful out there. I'm going to give you a really, really funny story before, uh, before we get into everything. Okay. So, uh, there's a guy that was listening to our show, uh, about a month ago. All right. His name's Kellen Browning. Kellen writes for the New York times. They reached, oh, out yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> they reached out to me about a story that he was going to do about PlayStation 5 and about my quest to attain that. And so many of our listeners were invested in my quest, right? And so I kind of told the story and whatever to him, which included me being in a GameStop for four hours and coming up short, right? And so anyways, I did this whole interview, whatever. The article's actually in the New York Times today, which is something oh, wow. I'll have on the wall forever because, you know, my son's in it, uh, which is cool. But anyway, the guy was listening to the show. He wanted me to tell a story. So anyways, I do that interview, right? All this stuff happens over the course of the last, like, week. And so I reach out. I'm like, hey, yo, 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 yo. Do not get these GameStop people on top of me, right? You know what I mean? Look, I'm just telling an innocent story about something that took place. I had no idea that GameStop was going to be in the news in this kind of way. And I mean, I, I you know, it, it could just be a retail store as far as I can start. Like, just do not get me involved because I am pro GameStop and this all, all this stuff happening with the stock and everything. It's a shame. That it actually, I'm like, that's part of my story. What happened and all that. And I'm like, yo, yo, yo. I was like, cool out on the, cool out on the GameStop slander. I might've said that was before all this happened. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. One Saturday in mid-December, Chris Vernon was driving as fast as he could to Is a GameStop crazy? in Memphis. He had spent weeks combing the internet for a new PlayStation 5 consoles and had just heard about a new shipment's arrival at a store nearby. It was the only present his 10-year-old son, William, wanted for Christmas. The problem was lots of other children around the country were asking for a new video video game console too. Mr. Vernon! They call you Mr. Vernon in it. A local sports radio host. That's, that's and what people podcaster call me. for the ringer. That's us, Chris. That's us. That's us. <laughs> hey, so yeah, hey. Sh- hey, shout out to Kellen Browning for giving me some cover on this, right? Because it is just a 
Look, it's an innocent story about me trying to. It had nothing to do with you know, It's so funny that GameStop a positive is positive story. The hey, that's, maybe that's great. here's my hope. If I could, if I could give him another quote, I would say maybe next year GameStop will be flooded with all kinds of stuff I can buy. <laughs> I don't have to sit in there because surely their business yeah. should be great now. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll still give you only a couple bucks for like a, a game you just bought though. <laughs> that is trading. the funniest thing. All anybody has done is made fun of GameStop <laughs> yeah. forever, right? You buy two K and like then you get it as a Christmas gift. And so you take back the copy that you had, and they're like, "You got it yesterday yeah, for ninety four dollars, four dollars thirty cents." I always was like, four dollars thirty cents." Like, where's the thirty cents come from? I, yeah. I remember trading in games when I was young. That is a thing. How was their stock not through the roof already? <laughs> they are the ultimate short seller. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, it's uh, the irony of all of this, and and then of course the irony of friggin' Robin Hood. You know, oh, give yeah. to the rich Ugh. and or steal from the uh, rich and give to the poor, and that being Unreal. totally backwards. Unreal. What a world. I, I, I downloaded that app this week just to see what the app was like because I haven't used Robinhood ever in the past, <laughs> and like I'm amazed at how much like that app is gamified. It feels oh, yeah, like man. it feels like like a an app made for a teenager. You know what yes. I mean? With the way you swipe up to buy stocks and all that, it's like what. And I thought was, I thought stocks were supposed to be boring, like fidelity. <laughs> made it made E-trade. it all fun. <laughs> all right, so let's get to everything that's going on in the world of the NBA. Um, there were some games on last night. I saw you tweeting about the extremely fun Houston Rockets. Oh yeah, this has been a fun team to watch, uh, and I'm happy for Stephen Silas. You know, uh, that, that's uh, that's my overwhelming thought. You know, there there's cool stories on there. Obviously, Wall coming back from injury, Cousins coming back from injury. I, it's, Victor Oladipo can can save it with uh, everybody counted me out and like, like stop all of that. Like I, we don't need a pity hey, party whatever, for Victor works. Oladipo. Whatever works, but, Chris. You know, self motivating. I'm a huge Oladipo fan. The post game interview, like, come on, bro. Um, but anyway, there's cool stories on that. But the coolest one of all is Silas, because this is a guy that was very highly regarded, young African-American coach that was going to get his chance and then walked into a, a hellish situation, right, where your best player isn't there before the season, shows up when he wants to, shows up out of shape, and is it does not want to be there is not pulling the same rope as everybody else. And it's like, geez, man, like how are you going to be able to get this team to play how you want them to play? How are you going to be able to have a locker room that is, you know, pulling the same rope? And it feels like things went behind them. They were able to attain Oladipo. So it's a downgrade, but it's certainly something that might fit better for what you're trying to do and your team and certainly will fit better because he is eager to be there and prove himself and just all the way around it has been a really good story of a team that traded a superstar but certainly has looked better since sure and they and they're doing it with defense they have the number two defensive rating in the nba only behind the clippers ever since the Harden trade which happened on january 14th so we're a, a little bit over the two-week mark now for that deal which by the way it feels like that happened two months ago not it two really weeks does. ago yeah that's crazy it was only two weeks ago but uh, yeah this team there were moments in that game last night against the blazers and by the way blazers right now 
they're fairly depleted. They're leaning so much on Damian Millard and Gary Trent Jr. right now. But regardless, Houston's defense has consistently just really locked in. They're clamping up the opponent. Eric Gordon last night was only two of 11 from the floor, but I came away impressed by his defense. He had some possessions where he was just grinding so freaking hard on the defensive end of the floor. And that whole team seems to be bought into that mentality. Everybody is. Everybody's hustling. John Wall and Victor Oladipo and Christian Wood, the three best players included. They all are. And when you have that, you can win games when you're not scoring a lot of points. I mean, they're still their bottom 10 in offensive rating ever since the Harden trade. So they're not getting a lot of buckets. But, you know, they've also had some guys in and out of the lineup themselves, too. I'm I'm impressed by that team and the way Silas has them playing. And I think I look back to the conversation we had before the season, Chris, and I'm like, I hope Harden gives it a chance here because I think Silas with the tweaks of the system, with the tweaks to the lineup, having Christian Wood there, that this team could be really good. Well, we're seeing that they can be really good without James Harden. Just imagine if Harden had bought in with what this team could have been. But ultimately, you know, what is it? What 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 happened happened and where they are now, it's pretty clear they have a good coach who can motivate this team and get them to play connected basketball. And that's encouraging. And you got to give credit to their guys, though. I mean, I, I you, you wish, or I guess there was the hope that he could buy in, but he's never going to be that energy, tenacious defender that everybody feeds off of, right? And you do need yeah. your best player bought in to be able to pull that off. You really do. Like everybody has to be mm-hmm. connected and everybody has to be bringing that on a regular basis. It's it. what's super odd is it is almost the exact opposite of how that team has functioned for so long, which is defense. Uh, you know, they always say defense travels. And if you bring a level of defensive intensity, you give yourself a chance to win Every night, your offense is going to come and go. Now, on the flip side, they were not a great defensive team for so many years, but offensively so potent that most they, nights they had some good defenses, though. Yeah, they did, yeah, over but, the years. They're, but they're not like this. Uh, their offense took care of business, right? Like that. That that was te- that was not a team that won games because of their defense, and now they are. You know, generally that team was some nights it look, they're shooting 53s. Some nights they're hitting 22 of them. And then some nights they're hitting 13 of them. And the nights they hit 13, they lose. And the nights they hit 22, they blow you out. <laughs> you know, just, lo- just looking back at their defenses, they, their, their only top 10 defense was in the 2017, 18 season when they ranked seventh in defense first in offense, and they were also first in the league in net rating the year that they won 65 games. So that, that was, was their the best team. Had, yeah, yeah that, that was the year they had a great, great defense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like you just said, that this team is locked in and they're winning games with their defense. And I think, you know, you look at Houston, they're getting they're getting a, a all-star caliber season from Christian Wood. He has been on both ends of the floor fantastic for them. And they're getting contributions from a guy like Jay Sean Tate, who was coming off the bench now in the starting lineup, who is bringing that energy consistency. Sh- like, shout I out love to that my, dude, dude. He's sh- fun to watch. Sh- shout out to my guy, uh, Chris Pongrass. I hope he's listening. He is the guy that runs the, uh, the Sydney Kings. And that is like, there's nothing more fun for the fans in Australia and fans of the Sydney Kings than Jay Sean Tate. What a story <laughs> he is. Yeah. Really? He's so yeah, I mean, fun, he came man. out of that. It came out of that Australian league. He, he he gives you a spark. 
Anytime he's out there, it's so fun to watch those guys. Uh, and I don't know, like even a Nawaba coming, you know, deep off the bench, like their ninth or tenth guy, Sterling Brown. Like they, it's not like they don't have bad players. It's like you're you're saying like don't play guys who suck. You yep. know? <laughs> they don't have many guys who suck. They have a lot of guys who who bring a, a, a strong, tough mentality to the court. And that they play with consistency and with their heart. And that doesn't waver too much. And ultimately, if John Wall and Victor Oladipo and Christian Wood are bringing that consistency, the whole team is going to bring it as well. Those guys are setting the tone. And I don't know, man, like they're they're near 500 since the deal. And I wouldn't expect them to be much better than that, uh, you know, moving forward. But but they're 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 competitive. Yes, Yes, they're competitive and they're fun. And you, you can see that that is a team that plays together, right? It's not yeah. one guy just dribbling out the shot clock and every once in a while a guy takes a shot here and there. Yeah, um, and, and also bringing them to the Western Conference Finals, but that's beside the point. Yeah, and the Nets have gotten worse. Um, another thing that took place last night, um, well, I find it interesting. James Harden went to the Nets and somehow the Nets have gotten worse and the, and the Rockets have gotten better. It's odd. Um, the Pistons, of all the teams in the NBA... They are, they're one of the few that we outlined as like, okay, they're not going to be a playoff team. But Kevin, it is the craziest thing when you look at their record so far this year. What are they like? Five and 14? Five and 14. These are their five wins. Boston, Phoenix, Miami, Philly, the Lakers. Unreal. They are the giant Unreal. killers. How on earth? Do they just, I guess Detroit just gets up for the big game, right? Unreal. How is their five, their five wins are against like five of the best teams <laughs> in the whole league? What in the hell? Uh, I, think, is, I think with some of those games, the opponent was missing their be- one of their best players or, or one of their better rotation players. And like the Lakers last night, obviously didn't have AD end of a long road trip, second night of a back to back. Yes. But still, I mean, to have all those teams, you know, strung together for their W's when they have 14 losses, <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> How are, those, how, are, how are those the wins? Like they are, I, I would love to see somebody chronicle. If you just, if you took them on the money line in those five games, oh, how yeah. profitable you would have been. I mean, there's no telling. They had to imagine. have been like double digit underdogs almost. Like in all those games, I would think. I'm just, I was just looking. They you better watch them. out. Three point win versus Boston, five point Phoenix, t- 20 points Miami, 15 <laughs> points Philly, and then last night, uh, 15 against the Lakers. And they've had some blowouts as well. So their margin Not, of victory, yeah. if you got extra credit for <laughs> yeah. beating the good teams. Yeah, if you, if you did like Pistons minus seven. <laughs> oh my God. Plus a million on the money line. <laughs> What is that? Yeah, Pistons minus seven yeah. alternate line. Yeah, Pistons minus seven <laughs> over Philly. No, yeah, knowing over, that Joel Embiid wasn't playing that game, right? Yeah, <laughs> or, or last, over last the night versus Lakers. Over the Lakers yeah. last yeah. night. Yes, I cannot. I cannot fathom. Yeah, I wonder right? what the line would have been. I'm curious. We just need to keep a lookout when they're playing. Like just out loud when they're playing. We need to keep track of this. Like it's going to be hilarious if they end up with 15 wins this season and all of them are against yeah. the best teams. <laughs> They got five wins so far, and they're pretty much all uh, against the best team. Are you buying Jeremy Grant 24 points per game? What are your thoughts on his level of improvement right now? I think that Jeremy Grant has improved greatly. Um, He is the rare guy that bet on himself and thought, I am capable of more, and he's right. He is capable of more. Now, that being said, 
I think there is somewhere probably in the middle between what he was when he was, I think you could fairly say now probably underutilized, um, even given their circumstances, probably underutilized. He can bring more to the table than what he what was on his plate when he was in Denver. Um, but is he the guy that averages 20 plus and is your go-to guy? He is on a crappy team. Right. If Jeremy Grant's your best player, your team stinks. That being said, he's probably somewhere in the middle, which is the guy that, yes, can give you more than what he he what we saw in Denver, but as much as he's giving you right now, probably not. You know what I mean? Like, probably not. Like, I mean, this is probably in conjunction with, you know, you're gonna lose a lot of games. He can't be your best player, but he can be your Maybe maybe now he could be your second or third. I think that's what the conversation you get into, right? Because he is their best player, but they stink. You you and I are on the same page, and I couldn't help but watch that game last night and think, boy, how good he would he look on Denver right now? How good would this guy look on Denver? You know, even Michael Michael Porter Jr. has been solid with them. Jeremy Grant is just Jeremy Grant's defense on some of the possessions last night was just exquisite. It's was, it was beautiful to watch. How much more competitive are they? If they keep Christian Wood. Big difference. Big difference if they had been able to keep him. Because that's another, Mm -hmm. you know, a guy that obviously was capable of doing more. And so, and and it's been really hard to figure out like where Detroit is in like where, where, where they, where they are in terms of franchise. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to win now? What are they trying to augment this to be able to win? Now? Like it's I, I think I think this is a good year to lose games and get and get and get high draft odds. Yeah, but they're kind of caught in the middle of right. Like if you're trying to build towards the future, why would you not keep Christian Wood, especially if I you're attaining Jeremy I, Grant? I know and just kind of augment around that, you know. On the other hand, if you're trying to just lose, then why spend $70 million on Jeremy Grant? Like, I don't I don't know. That's what I don't an get. Interesting spot they're in. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess, look, his value is super high. So if you did want to, you know, if somebody out there, a contender, sitting there, like, all, the price for Jeremy Grant, his stock has gone up greatly. We can agree on that. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. He bet He's... on himself and his stock <laughs> has gone up greatly. And he makes that contract not look so goofy anymore. You know, I don't know. I don't know where what what his career arc will be, but I mean, we're getting pretty deep into this, and he's he's been awesome. Basically, he's been awesome. He he has nearly doubled his points per game, doubled his shots per game. He's playing ten plus more minutes. It's it's insane. It's insane, and I'm I'm buying that he's better. And he's the shot. By the way, one quick note on him: the jumper improvement from when he was at Syracuse to what he is now, dramatic difference. I buy that with him. All right, we need to speak on the uh, bright future Suns, the bright now Suns. They were without (laughs) one of their key cogs, Devin Booker, last night, but were able to get a really impressive win over the Warriors. You you did a whole video about Suns and, and most importantly, Mikel Bridges. Yeah. Um, Interviewed him for it. Another guy that has kind of... been doing more and has shown capable of more. And that and that includes last night. So it was all very well timed this week. He did you a solid by <laughs> he really did. Uh by you know that comes out. And if it's the Kevin O'Curse, 
he's like one for 11 for four points last night. But instead, he ends up going for uh, 20 points and, and five assists. On yeah. Steph, too. Five, yeah. And five assists and a big win for them. So tell me what you're thinking on Bridges, why that was the guy that you wanted to profile. Like, what, what interested you about the plight of Bridges? I just think you look at any team that has stars, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, in the case of Phoenix, and those guys are what raise your ceiling and raise your floor too. Like they make you a great team, but you need to have that supporting cast. And I look at Mikel Bridges right now, only in his third season, and he's already one of the best supporting players in the league right now because of his versatile defense, his ability to defend, not just, you know, guys, his size, not just wings, but also speedy guards as well. And we saw him get put on Steph Curry last night. We've seen him get put on bigger guys. We've seen him on Kawhi Leonard. We've seen him on James Harden. We've seen uh, like in the, in the past, we've seen him on every type of score, all different shapes and sizes. And he's been equally effective against all of them and his developing offense. When he was at Villanova, he was a knockdown shooter. And Suns fans, of course, remember this, but in early in Bridges' career, he developed a weird hitch in his shot that screwed up his three. And it's suddenly it's like, oh, God, is this like an all defense guy? Not a lot of offense. He's improved that shot again, back to the same level he was at at Villanova, while also improving off the dribble to be able to get to the basket and finish and throw little nice passes inside. He is, you know, not a go-to option. But he is somebody who can do everything on the court for you, who's trustworthy and constantly plays hard. And he's exactly the type of player that every team, all 30 teams in the NBA would want Mikel Bridges, all 30 of them, because he could fit anywhere and enhance any group and especially enhance and support superstars like Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So that's why I wanted to look at him with the, you know, the Suns ascending this year. I'm looking at one of the other guys. Mikel Bridges. Well, one, uh, it, look, first, credit to Phoenix management for that deal. And what a, just a colossal gaffe on the other end oh, with yeah. Philly. I mean, his mom works at used the Sixers. Used to work for the Sixers. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Used to yeah. work for the Sixers. I mean, that was, and he played at Villanova. It was, everything about that was perfect. Him getting drafted to the Philadelphia 76ers. And, he would fit in perfect with Philadelphia right now. Oh, man. Uh, like yeah. you say, he would fit in perfectly with anybody. You know, I told you last year when I saw Bridges in person, I came on here and people started sending me all these like uh, pictures and whatever. And I say, Kevin, uh, I saw a kid last night. I have never seen arms like this in my life. Like he has the biggest wingspan I have ever seen. He is so long and it did happen. I will tell I, I forgot to mention this on the pod. It's happened one time this year where I thought to myself, my God, what a wingspan for that frame. And you know who it was? It was um, Maxi from Philly. When I saw him this year, I'm like, good grief. What is this guy's wingspan? He, and and I, I went and looked it up and it's not crazy, but his arms on his frame, you know, and Bridges is like nothing I've ever seen in my life, right? And so it speaks to, obviously, defensively, like what we were talking about, but the other thing is, when he's getting that shot off, Kev, high release. I mean, he's like a, it's like trying to block a seven-footer. 
Because his arms are so long. It's a different deal with him than it would be a, a typical just wing guy that's shooting. So he's got a real advantage there, too. I'm, he seems like just an awesome team basketball player. And he is kind of just fit in that role which has been doing more. And, and that's the other reason why I wanted yeah. to talk to him for the videos. Cause you know, Chris Paul said he was his, you know, fa- one of his favorite teammates ever. Monty Williams ca- said we should call him every day as a nickname. Cause he brings it every day on always in the gym, always nice to people. He's just steady. And you know, I just think a guy like that should be recognized. And, and that's why I wanted to do the video. And it was fun. It was great talking to him. He, he's a, he's a really cool guy and um, used to play Warzone. I told him <laughs> that I'm trying to get him on yeah. your team. <laughs> he said, he said he doesn't play quite as often anymore. He's on to other games right now, but uh, <laughs> also wanted to talk about that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was fun talking to him. He's a, he's a good dude. And it, it's cool to see his success. Cause like you said, He's had some high scoring games. He scored 34 points earlier this season against the Pacers, 20 last night. He's popped and flashed a little bit off the dribble that he had in in the past. And I wonder if there's more there to his game that could develop over the next four, five, six years. You'd imagine so. He's in year three. Yeah, he's just still still just a baby in NBA terms. And it's li- it's a little like the whole Jeremy Grant thing, honestly. To you know, to bring it back, where it's like. Okay, here's a here's a a raw wing guy that people could say he's he's just a role playing, you know, hopefully three and D guy, right? And I think that's what you were hoping for, Mikel Bridges. But it appears, you know, so far this year we are seeing glimpses that he's more than just that pigeonholed. You know, he can hit a corner three and he can defend and help yeah, your team out, and, right? And, 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 and you know that that's part of it. It's like you know when we call a shooter three and D and he had a quote with Spencer Davies from basketball news.com previous, you know, to the, before the video, I think it was last week that article went up and he, he doesn't like the term three and D and he doesn't think like it does a good job of, you know, capturing what an actual quote unquote three and D player does. And, you know, with the video, uh, on the void, which you can check out on the ringers YouTube channel. We looked at like some of the, the little things that might often go overlooked that a spot up shooter will do, like just when to attack off the catch, when to cut, you know, how to, how to, you know, attack a closeout and spot an open shooter or the, or the guy in the dunker spot and all these little things that go beyond just catching and shooting all these things that add up and contribute towards winning. And I thought it was fun. It was really fun talking to him for the video and, you know, breaking down plays with him. And it was like a lot of fun to put together with our team this week. I think, um, I think it's probably our, one of our best videos like that we've done for the void and, you know, going back to last summer during the bubble. Yeah. One last thing. It's interesting. You talk about how much Chris Paul loves him. Chris Paul has been great for him. Yeah. Great. Right. Like there are always guys that he, he gets the most out of, right. By just being a solid ass run the offense point guard. And the other thing is bridges, He's kind of built for both. If you want to run up and down the court, he's great to have, but he can also play half-court offense. He can play any way you need Which is what they him. do now because their pace is slow. Yeah. All right, Kevin. So earlier we were talking about the stock market and how everybody has now become invested in the stock market. Today, I'm going to tell you four players that I am holding I'm holding the stock, much like people are holding the line. So they're, they're, you're holding, is their stock down right now? Like they're di- they're, there's a dip. Oh, these, it, it, there's a lot of people that are shorting these. Yes. Okay. So, so, so <laughs> yes. also with these, you're saying buy the dip. Yes. Okay. 
I'm ho- I'm telling you, I'm holding my stock. I have stock in these guys, and I am holding it because right now I can either bail on this, and I'm going to take a little bit of a loss, but I believe that the stock is going to go back up and maybe go up in a huge way. Okay. Okay. And you, I will allow you to buy in with me. Okay. You decide. All right. All right. The first stock, you got to know who this is. Marvin Bagley. Oh, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Good luck, Hold Chris. on now. <laughs> 92 games. That's how many games Marvin Bagley has played in the NBA so far. 92. In those 92 games, he has started 27 games. In his entire career, he has played 25 and a half minutes per game. 49% from the field, 31% from three, uh, even though this year he is shooting 35% from three. Uh, 14 points, eight rebounds in 25 minutes a game. Uh, to me, the fundamentals are there. This is the absolute perfect guy. Like, I, I will die on Bagley Hill, and I might. I might die, but... The stock is so depressed right now. And I think that people were, uh, you know, this year it was like, okay, now he's finally healthy. Now he'll get going. And that has not taken so far. You know, I mean, he's still just a 25 minute per game guy who the numbers are good. I mean, like, you know, it's not like he's got bad percentages. Uh, The dad getting involved and wanting him traded is not, is not great. That didn't help my stock at all. Um, But look, I bought the stock high, obviously, when he was uh, the the number two pick of the draft. Mm. The stock has gone down dramatically, but I will not sell this stock. I am holding this stock, and we and me and Marvin Bagley to the moon, to the moon. It, Kevin. It, it, it replace Marvin Bagley with Mo Bamba and everything you just said. I, I feel exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> the fundamentals are not good on Bamba. <laughs> We're using stock lingo. The fundamentals are great on Bagley. I don't, I don't, I don't know stock lingo too much, but I do know Mobaba was solid last season when provided minutes when Steve Clifford wasn't feeding minutes to Kim Birch, who has no long-term future with the Orlando Magic necessarily. I'm, I don't understand why you wouldn't invest as the head coach of the team into the number six pick in the draft. Doesn't make much sense to me. It's pretty odd. Pretty dysfunctional if we're being totally frank here. Here's what here's what we're doing, Kevin. Too, um, like I when I when I would write the article about guys that will not fail. This is what I always said. I always said, look, if I'm wrong about these guys, I'm gonna blame the coach and the situation. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And Marvin Bagley's in Sacramento. I blame I blame the front office. I blame the coach. I blame everything. Right. Um, and so I am holding on to that stock. You will not join me in that. Yeah. That, You're yeah I guess you can't blame the fact he has nearly double the turnovers that he does assist, but how dare you? It's okay. Coach's <laughs> fault, organization's fault, <laughs> Steve Clifford's fault, whoever. Certainly, I'm blaming everybody else it, except for Marvin. It, and by the way, to your point, that doesn't help. It doesn't help. I mean, you know, the, he goes from Jaeger to Walton. No. Front, front office changes, you know, from Debach to now McNair. I mean, it's been a lot of changing pieces around. He's on Bagley. a team where people like uh, like don't want to be there. Like you bring yeah. in like Harrison Barnes gets paid a fortune, but then Buddy Heald's like hates everything. 
mm-hmm. and wants to be somewhere else. But then now he's back and he's with the team. But Bogdanovich is off somewhere else. Yeah. And all the while, uh, De'Aaron Fox just got a huge bag of money, but, right? But, like, but, I mean, put it this way. Bagley is a good buy low. That's the way I would look at it. A buy low. But I, I, I wouldn't feel great about holding long term with him. I'd sell the moment it feels it. good to sell. No, no, no. Yeah, I, you're, I know. You're, I'm, I'm just in. saying from my perspective, I'm not in. All right. It's a nice buy low. Oh, so I'm, you I'm, are in. Then you're I mean, buying in. It's a buy low, but like I'm I'm ready to press sell on that. All right. Let me tell you this. Let me here's a real buy low. And okay. much like much to your point about uh Mo Bamba, wouldn't you just you use the top seven pick on the guy? Why don't you friggin' develop him? Right? Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. And this guy, low, Kevin. How low? Who, who we got? Who we got? Jarrett Culver. Wow. That's a good one. I am, good one. I am holding my Jarrett Culver stock. I still believe in him. And that is a, I, I, I think I can, I can justify in my mind. It's not his fault. He, that is a dreadful dreadful situation for a young guy. And then they drafted, you know, Anthony Edwards and they're trying to figure that out. And, you know, you're going to a locker room with the, you know, the leaders are D'Angelo Russell and towns. You got a coach that I don't feel like holds anybody accountable. These guys play however the hell they want to play when they're out there. You never know if Anthony Edwards is going to play a bunch of minutes or he might not play that much that game. And then in the midst of all of this is the guy they drafted highly a couple of years ago. And in fact, you know, moved up. Right to be yeah. able to do this. That 2019, was 2019. They got him with the sixth pick. Yeah, that. But that was the Phoenix deal, the Sarich deal, right? Um, yeah. And then they just like, I don't even know. Like he doesn't really have a position there. He, I, I, I don't get it. And and there's many games where he's just buried completely. And so we need to get him the hell out of there. But I am holding on to that stock because I still think he's a player, and he's just in a miserable situation for development. And by the way, just, you know, everything you're saying, it just makes me think about this thought right here with Culver or any young player who's off to a slow start. If somebody out there bought like his, you know, rookie card or like a top shot or whatever it else might be, or like a dynasty fantasy league, that type of thing. I think with a guy like Culver, like you shouldn't panic sell necessarily for all the reasons that you're stating. Like I have legitimate concerns about a shot. He shoots a low percentage from the free throw line. His three point shooting has not gotten better on the court. Even though before the season, there was all this hype about how he fixed his shot that hasn't happened. So there's legitimate concern, but there's no denying that he has skill. There's no denying he has like the potential to be a quality defender, you know, a secondary playmaker who can create a little bit for you. He's a smart player, a good kid who works hard, checks a lot of boxes. Like Culver is not somebody that I would sell, you know, stock on. And for you, I, I'm with you. I think with Culver, I'd be happy to to get in on Jared Culver. All right, there we go. <laughs> another buy low. Another buy low. We just need him going elsewhere. You know, sometimes these guys they get buried on teams and you know, like you, you can go and attain them. Right. Like, I mean, what do you like? Well, I mean, they're, they're not going to sell low on him either though. Minnesota wouldn't. So they just drafted him last, you know, draft 2019. Yeah, I know. But why aren't they investing in it? I mean, he's, he's playing 22 minutes a game, 21 minutes a game. You use the top eight pick in the draft and your team stinks. 
I know. I'd like to see him play more too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like why? I, I don't understand. Um, and again, and oh, by the way, not only did they draft Anthony Edwards, they also uh, they also had uh, Malik Beasley. Malik they spent Beasley, a bunch yeah. of money on. Yep. Right. They they brought him back in in free agency, and so you just he just got the kid got pinched. Yeah. In this he, deal, for what it's worth, he's eighth on the team in minutes per game. Yeah, and it's he a little was, low. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's low. All right. Here is a deep cut, a deep cut, Kevin, a guy that I did think has a place in the league, but is not even in the league right now. And that is the number one pick of the G League draft. I'm holding my stock in. Admiral Schofield. Admiral Schofield. I didn't know you'd go this deep. He got, he got pinched what? too. All right, so he was in this deal where they, uh, Washington, who could, by the way, use Admiral Schofield right now, um, be, especially because of, uh, I mean, their their team's dreadful. Anyways, uh, OKC traded, uh, you know, did the deal for him and then just waived him immediately. It was the deal that ended up, uh, Wizards were able to get Cassius Winston and I think like a second round pick. Uh so they traded Admiral Schofield to Oklahoma City, and I was like, "Hey, that that's actually a good team for him to go and 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 play with." And then they waived him, and so then he got drafted first in the G League draft, and is going to go to the Greensboro Swarm. Um, if we're talking about the the whole fundamentals, you know, look, he didn't get to play a ton in you know in his debut season, uh, but you know, you go back to college and. He shot 39% from three, and then he shot 40% from three. And then his last year at Tennessee, he shot 42% from three. And he is a dog. And obviously, if he can hit threes at a good rate, like that's that kind of the Jay Crowder-esque, you know, like the second round pick that just kind of finds his way into the league as a role player. He's not going to be the level of Crowder, but he's got a place in the league. And for him to be out of the league completely is is kind of shocking to me. I'm not that shocked that he was the number one pick in the G League draft, but uh, his stock is nothing right now. And I think you will hear from him. I do. I think we'll hear uh, from him. I, I didn't expect to be talking to Admiral Schofield How about today. That? It sounds like something from Ringer NBA University, doesn't it? I don't know. It's just like a, <laughs> it's, it, it's a deep cut. Look, we're looking for we're looking for investment yeah, opportunities exactly, here. <laughs> exactly. We're looking for the Dogecoin right here. That's, That's Admiral right. Schofield. He, Admiral Schofield is Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> Get him up to a buck in, in share price. That's who he is. Uh, uh, how do you like Ringer NBA University, Chris? You enjoying the show? Have you listened? I, I do. Yeah. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank of course. You. I like Thank it. You. And um, it's, I wish it was every week. I mean, that's just my opinion. I know. I, I hope we get to every week too. I, I thought this week's episode was really good. I had fun with, with Charks and Kyle and, and Nikias Duncan. Like, Nikias yes. was really good, wasn't it? Nikias was really good. I like yeah. Kyle too. I yeah, think Kyle's, Kyle's great. Good, good on pods, yeah. man. Yeah, he's he good. He, he's got a wonderful voice. All right. Are you with me on Admiral Schofield? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll buy some Dogecoin. I'm gonna go watch him. I'm gonna go watch him play in the G League too. Oh, not watch him. I'll watch him on TV. They're playing yeah. in Orlando, right? Mm. Oh, by the way, this actually wraps around back to the Mikel Bridges thing. So these teams put out their rosters the other day. The team, the the G League team for the Grizzlies, the Memphis Hustle. Guess who's on that roster? Zaire Smith. 
Oh, geez. Oh, How my about goodness. That? He is. I saw mm. him on that roster, and I was like, I'll be damned. That's the Mikel Bridges deal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sixers fans are turning off the pod right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the Zyra Smith stuff is insane, man. Like he, he like the Sixers, like his allergic reaction to peanut butter. Come on. After everything they've been through with after injuries everything they've been through. Colangelo's burners and everything. Uh Adam Silver <laughs> the They they believe he kicked out Hanky and all that. It's like Sixers fans have been through it. They've been through it. Right now they get the best record in the East, so good for them though. Yeah. Dyer Smith. Memphis hustle. You can watch him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'll be damned. I didn't, I, I didn't know what happened to that guy. Mm. And obviously the, you know, the bridges thing is it's not worked out. Yeah. <laughs> the deal hasn't worked out. Well. I, I, did, I had a right. Philly radio hit earlier this week on WIP and, um, it's like, yeah, I brought up Bridges. <laughs> it's like, he would be great. <laughs> They're like, we had him. <laughs> All right. Last one. And I'm doing this now. Here is one. Bagley, you said, meh. Admiral Schofield, uh, yeah, whatever. The stock is so low. I'll join you. Culver, you were all in with me on that one, right? The last one. I have never been more confident in anything ever, ever than ever. you saying to hell with that stock. Mm, okay. You ready? All right. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Stock is at an all time low mm. right now, but I am holding. Okay. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> 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 join me, Kevin. Oh, man. I'm not, not going to join you. It's I'm not going to join you. Uh, when you're 37%, 30% from three, <laughs> Brad Beal is pouting. Dude. It is an all-time low. Everybody is all, uh, on your head, and that team stinks, right? Um, like, the, the stock is just... I mean, this is as a longtime Westbrook stockholder, we are. I mean, I'm holding on for dear life here because I mean, it is we're at the bottom of the barrel right now. We really are. But that stock, it's so it's so depleted. It's so deflated right now that I'm holding because there's just there's no it, it can only go up. There's well, no I mean, way this stock he's can gonna go down. he's gonna hit some checkpoints, you know, retirement, you know, at some <laughs> point in his career, Hall of Fame at some point in his career. Yeah. Like, so so the stock with Westbrook. Oh no, I'm talking as a player. I'm not just, talking So about you're talking his... pre-retirement here. Yes, I'm talking so, okay. him playing. Okay. I'm not well, I, I look, he's played nine games. And it feels like he's played like the whole season. He's played nine games. Now, the, the Washington has been dreadful. By the way, there's a lot of other factors that go on too. Their, their coach stinks. They, Chris, in this in this case, I'm out. In this case, what? I'm out. In this oh, case, stop. I'm out. How dare you? I, I, I was speaking from a perspective it's like Davis Burton's you know, fault. It's Davis. They didn't spend a hundred million dollars on a guy that doesn't do anything anymore. That was a. Oh, yuck. I knew that contract would be terrible you know, immediately. You know what I found funny? Is, so the local newspaper, the Brockton Enterprise, 
did yep. a little story on me re- this week. And the mm-hmm. picture they chose for it is Russell Westbrook was in there, like side-eyeing yes! me. You yes! saw that? Did you see that? No! I, I thought it was the funniest thing, man. Oh, that's they, good. Yeah, they chose a photo of me getting side-eyed by Russell Westbrook. It was hilarious when I first saw that. I'm, hold, I'm holding because it has never gotten lower. Never. This is a depleted stock. It is so depleted. I don't think anybody's going to join me. I might be the last guy holding this. I, I think, think you're everybody's. Gonna have, you're going to have a lot of rust stands. I that. don't know. I feel like everybody's sold off. You know, but look, this happened a year ago. Now, again, this team stinks. He's not playing with James Harden anymore. But this happened a year ago. It really did. And it was Russell Westbrook is done. Russell Westbrook stinks. Russell Westbrook is not a great fit with James Harden and whatever. And then come January, February, he was one of the best five players in the league and was an offensive juggernaut. Like this, this, this has happened before. I mean, this happened a year ago and all of that was relevant where everybody was, you know, they're putting him in the grave already. And so... I, I think he's got another act. I think where he, he we'll turns uh, I, I he, he turns up again. Hey, here's what I expect, Chris. If you listen to Wednesday's episode of Ringer NBA University on the Ringer NBA show podcast feed, our old home, um, I played a game of Beal or No Beal. <laughs> Beal or No Beal. And, and, you know, we played a little game of that. Would the Nuggets do this trade, this and that? Bill had his whole pod with House out today, yep. you know, talking about like a 10 or 11 Beal trades. I expect more of that in the coming weeks and months than I do a Russell Westbrook resurgence that brings the, the Wizards to life and makes them a highly competitive team. Good enough to keep Beal. That's just, that's where I fall on this. Hey, Chris. to go back Sorry. a week. Hey, to go back uh, whenever that was, maybe a week ago that we did the pod. How about that in a Middleton deal? Uh, I, I still think there's more to get out of Middleton. That he ain't going to be Brad Beal. I know, 34 points saying, per game. You think Brad Beal could get, you think you could net a better player than yeah, Middleton? Trade, trading Chris Middleton's not the right thing for them. And I, don't, and I don't think that would appeal to the Wizards as much as like a draft picks based package anyway. So I don't see it as a realistic scenario that's exactly the kind of guy i was talking about though i don't think it will work though it's not realistic Who knows? I, could be wrong. Game. I could be wrong we saw a couple years ago when the pacers traded paul george they did it for victor oladipo and demata sabonis and granted you know even then though milwaukee doesn't have a sabonis to offer and, and that type of deal they they don't have a first round draft first round draft picks to offer but like theoretically it could make sense, but they don't have that piece. They have, that second uh, piece for a deal. They have Dante DiVincenzo and uh, the DJ Wilson. I'm not a fan of, <laughs> you know, I think it was Giannis first trying to give DiVincenzo the nickname White Chocolate. That nickname's been taken. No, that's taken. Many years ago. You can, it, but it, 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 give Giannis a pass. He's from Greece and he's young. Doesn't you He know. might not know Jason Williams, you're saying. I, I think there was a really good possibility he didn't know Jason Williams. It's possible. It yeah. is very possible. How would he? He was like seven. Yeah, it's true. He was a, in he Greece. Was a kid. He was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like I, I, I don't know if I don't. I mean, I don't know. I will say this: You remember the stories about Jason Kidd when he was coaching the Bucks, and he was he made all of them do like NBA history quizzes. Like that was a real thing. People can go <laughs> look that up. Yeah. He made the team like learn NBA history. So Giannis might have learned. 
a lot of NBA history yeah. when he was playing for Jason Kidd once upon a time. That was like, uh, I remember that being a story. And I remember thinking how cool that was. They had like a young team, and Jason Kidd was like going to make sure that these guys were not ignorant to at the, at the past, the NBA, that they were going to know about their forefathers in the NBA. So I say that, maybe Giannis did, but maybe I, if, if, if Jason Williams wasn't in the Jason Kidd curriculum, it wouldn't surprise me either. <laughs> <laughs> that might not have been a chapter in the uh, history we, we, book. We don't we, have a lot of great nicknames in the NBA today. No, we really don't. Not like, no, not like the round mound of rebound and the mailman. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you think about you, uh, the Matrix, the Matrix you know, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Sean Marion. And I'm trying to, like, most stars, it's always like their names now. It's like PG or PG 13, and it's CP3, and it's, yeah. uh, I can't even. Even Devin Booker, he's like, yeah, I don't want to be known. I don't want to be called Devin. I want to be called D Book or Booker or Book. It's like just book, D book. That's the nickname. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying Nobody to think has it, nicknames. names. And these other guys go by like one name, right? So it's like Luca, Zion, or it's, or it's Giannis, yeah. Greek freak. Yeah, Greek he's freak the, is a good Greek one. Greek freak. Yeah. He's the he's probably the the biggest player. Or like even that, I think even King James or the King. Yeah, King James is is a good nickname. The brow, the brow. Yeah, the beard. Mm. But but like, there's not a lot of nicknames though. There's no mailman, no ice man, yeah. no magic. Yeah. And sometimes they try to force them on people, but yeah, it yeah. felt like. Well, like Slim Reaper or Kevin Durant a couple of years ago, that was tried to force upon him. And he was like, no, I don't want that. And also, was, I didn't like the nickname either. No. We need some good nicknames, especially for young players. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, because like Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like some of these guys that are now you know, becoming the stars in the league, Colin Sexton, even Zion, like a lot of those guys, like, yeah, you're right. The nickname is not uh, gone by. I, I'll say there was a, it really needs to start like in high school. I you know agree. I, mean? I saw one, uh, I saw one the other day. This guy sent me this, because uh, I had been talking about how crazy it is that there, there's not like junior highs, no lie, that recruit for like they recruit kids to go to the junior <laughs> high so that they will have them in the private school once they become playing. Like you would not believe, because I live in a basketball city, like recruiting starts in like sixth grade. It's insanity. And so anyway, there was a guy, a local guy. He had a press conference for where his kid was going to middle school. Like they, they set up like a fake press conference for where the kid was going to middle school. Okay. Junior. That's wild. That's and, wild. And the guy sent me this video and the the thing, the kid was called, you know, he's called Mr. Stepback. And I was like, this, <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> Mr. Stepback. Yeah, Mr. Stepback. Oh, Mr. Stepback. Wow. And it was a video of him like hitting a step back jumper. <laughs> he's like 12. <laughs> Unbelievable. These dads are off the hook Sounds now. like a, an alternate James Harden nickname, Mr. Mr. Stepback. Ste I hope Mr. Stepback becomes like an unbelievable phenomenon. It reminds me of this kid. There was a kid like uh, years ago, and he ended up getting in trouble himself and never really made it. I don't even think he ever played in college. I think he just ended up having to go overseas. But he had one of the greatest mixtapes of all time. 
was a kid from Baltimore, and his name was Akil Carr. Tiny, tiny guy. Like, almost looked like Earl Boykins out there, right? He was unbelievable. Like, he was, especially in this day and age, like the ball is life, house of highlights, whatever. But he played in Baltimore, and his nickname was the Crime Stopper. The Crime Stopper. Yes, because his games became so huge that the entire community would go to the gym and watch the game. And they called him the Crime Stopper. I'm not kidding. The Crime Stopper, which is an amazing name. Yeah. It's an amazing nickname. He is so popular, and everybody wants to him to, to watch him play so much that they call him the Crime Stopper. <laughs> no, no crime in the community during a kill car games. Oh my god! Because everybody was there being cool and being friends. Yeah, a kill car. <laughs> it's an amazing. People can look him so, up on YouTube. Uh, it I, is the most. It might be the most fun you will have watching a highlight video of a high school kid. I don't know whatever happened to the dude. Uh, I guess really we, for good nicknames, apparently we have to look to the youth. Yes. That, that's where the good nicknames Mr. are. Right now. Step Not Mr. Yes. Step Back, the crime stopper. The crime stopper. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, sounds like comic book characters. Yeah, I know for sure. <laughs> that's great. All right, Kevin, have a, a great weekend. Uh, I will talk to you on Tuesday. Thank you to producer Sasha as always. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody.